Welcome to Positive Reaction Podcast. My name is Danielle C. Aguilar, better known as Dr. D. My name is Dr. Edwin Serrano, better known as Dr. Pepper, and we are not your average physical therapist, and we will get you ready to react at any given moment. We are here to question healthcare to help you make the best decision to get back to your active lifestyle. We made it back. We are here. Again. Again? Unfortunately. Rude. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So then... So then? I know, right? Well, because we were talking before we started pressing record. Point is, is I want to know how you drop it low. Um, It depends. Like, if you're talking at the club or when I lift. Or (laughs) Or when I'm just, like, going to the restroom. Let's just talk about lifting (laughs) (laughs) so that's kind of what we want to talk about today is how do you squat what do we look for um you know some of the things that we see in athletes even younger athletes even older athletes right all around i mean we could start with i mean that's a good question do you think it varies younger let's just say grade school to high school uh when you start in grade school let's say eight years old yeah i mean I mean, you're teaching, you're learning how to move, right? So yeah, and we're talking about like developmental, developmental milestones, milestones and stuff yeah, like that. So, um, I mean, how often do we not get younger athletes that have like a terrible squat? Their motor patterns are terrible. Yeah, or you have an athlete that's been lifting or crossfitting or doing something for so long, and then their squat sucks. Yeah, no, that is yeah. that is super true. Right. So then let's just let's pick. Uh, shoot, let's just talk about high school where they're mo- they're. Their developmental patterns should be set in stone, mm-hmm. so to speak. And you get a, let's just put them in weightlifting. You really do well with weightlifting, well, everybody, but weightlifters. Mm-hmm. What do you look for when your athlete patient squats? So first and foremost, like I look from the front, right? Like what are they okay. doing? How are they moving? I ask them to squat. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing that I look for first, and I think everybody has a trained eye for, is like knees collapsing in. For right? sure. Because I think that's like a go-to. If if that's happening, then you know there's going to be, you know, that's like a repetitive motion. So if they squat with their knees in, then if you ask them to jump or do anything else after that, that causes that to happen even more so or it's more apparent, then they're going to have like movement flaws, mm-hmm. right? So uh, that's this is just, you're, you're thinking ahead, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm thinking ahead, like as far as like, okay, because we got to check obviously how people move statically. Right. right. So okay. we're just talking about the squat, but the squat tells us more going forward, mm-hmm. right? Very true. Um, so I look at the knees, do they collapse in? Because it'll tell me something more sooner. Does, does do, uh, do their feet collapse in? Mm-hmm. Because that'll tell me as well, do they have like a stable base? Sure. Um, and then also forward trunk lean. We look at that from the Word. side. Right, if their chest is not up high and they're like leaning forward and their butt is high, um, you know, what's going on there? Mm-hmm. And then on the way up, are they, you know, coming up with chest up, you know, shoulders and hips rising at the same time? Right, right, Or right. are they doing a stripper squat and getting, <laughs> should I just put a pole behind them? You know, it's... <laughs> So those but are like it's the, very true though yeah but it's the, those are the more general things to look at right off the bat um and then once you get into more of a detail with olympic weightlifters mm-hmm. or someone specific to a sport then you look at other little things sure i think the general rule of thumb is 
you know, you hit it. I always get this saying wrong, and I'm going to get it one day. Yes, but why does it sound so weird when I say that? It doesn't matter. That's exactly what I look at. I will say, you know, from a systematic standpoint, right, when you're going through an eval and you're looking at them squat, I start from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I will say going through squat or seeing enough squats, you can start really pinpointing. For example, you went straight to the knees. That's I'm guilty of it. I will look at the knees also before I start at the feet. Mm But I've gotten in a habit of looking at a squat in all four directions, right? Mm-hmm. Facing you, um, viewing left profile, right profile, and then from watching the them from the back. Exactly. So I'll have them go through ultimately four squats and then work from the ground up. Mm-hmm. If I start seeing a movement flaw, for example, you mentioned feet. What's going on with their feet? Are they trying to supinate, right? Really roll onto the outsides of their feet, or are they rolling on the insides of their feet? And as they work their way through those or squats, or are their heels coming up? Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. If their heels are coming up, that's a big one. That we can see that from all different angles. Mm-hmm. So that's I, I still look at the same things you do. If we're being, you know, from a bird's eye view, mm-hmm. we look from basically every joint: yeah, ankle, knee, hip. Mm-hmm. And then we mentioned, you know, are they falling forward? I don't think I've seen someone squat where they lean back. I don't think I have. Uh, I mean, they would probably fall back, right? Exactly. Because they're going to lean, like as a protective mechanism, they're going to lean forward. For sure. Because they can see where they're at as opposed to falling back. Mm -hmm. So I agree with that. And then, you know, when we start, let's just kind of dive into it. Let's talk about the feet. If their feet are collapsing in, but their knees... I don't think that happens. Yeah, it's not really often. Yeah, so if their feet collapse in, what usually happens after that? I mean, the knees are going to go in. So then what are some things that you would do to correct it? Again, generally speaking, we're you know we're talking about I mean, a... We're talking just generally. Like multi-sport a, athlete. I mean, you would want to cue like a, kind of like a tripod. Um, okay. With the feet? The foot. Yeah. So okay. where they're engaging their foot with the toe, pinky, and the heel. And okay. so that'll help decrease um, overall like what... Uh, the foot collapse um so something that will promote that it's like just simple balance exercises right oh yeah right yeah using Um, your entire well like you mentioned the tripod mm -hmm. i think that's a big one Mm -hmm. um going off of that like real quick what is i mean you know when we're like growing up right we get all these random cues from a lot of random ass people (laughs) not random i mean we get coaches parents you know parents like, (laughs) squat like this or don't do this think about this what is a cue that you can think of that you got that you're like, I would never say that to an athlete. <laughs> like, I would never. Like, why? Would- mm, man. I, Something that I would that I remember that I shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be very honest, I had some pretty, I'm being very, very sincere. I had some pretty amazing coaches. And I'll give you some insight really quick. It's a sidebar. <laughs> well, don't forget. I know. I know. I, I don't have anything. <laughs> But I, I mean, had a very, I had very amazing coaches. That's why I have two ACL tears and Achilles tear. Oh wow! And, uh, <laughs> the inevitable. <laughs> Hold on, you make a good point. But sometimes it just happens like that. But the, I'm just not speaking to the coaches. Let me tell you to give you some insight on the coaches that I had. One of which went to went on to compete uh, was Miss Corpus, and 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 really she delved into eating and mechanics like nobody's business. Yeah. So we were. She was a movement freak in a good way, and then yeah, guru would have been would would have been a lot nicer actually. Uh, Anyways, and then um, softball carried over. We had our strength and conditioning coach. I mean, we had some great people. And in elementary school, it was the same thing. I mean, a lot of the mechanics I learned, I moved well until the air decided it was time to take my ACL at the time. 
And so anyways, um, yeah, I can't think of anything that where a coach told me, you know, hey, I need you to squat or just drop it low. Or I don't think any coach would ever tell me that when I was younger. But do what you can with what you got and keep moving that way. I don't yeah. think anyone's ever told me that. I think one of the things that always come to mind when I when I I'm teaching the squat or like we're going over the squat is, uh, you know, I always when I first started CrossFit and when I was lifting, I would always get told when you're at the bottom of a squat, make sure you can wiggle your toes. Mm. Right, because your weight is shifted back. Right, yeah. Weight's on your heel, mm-hmm. and you know, if we know now, it's like it's better to have big toe engagement, pinky engagement. Right, um, it's very so true. it really kind of messes up with like the way you move and, and your weight distribution. And your weight distribution, yeah. So for me, that's something that I remember like to this day, like you know, I, and obviously it's I no have fault had to the heard coach. that cue for the yeah. record. I'm sorry, and so it's no fault to the coach at the time. It's, it's like things that we're learning over time, right? But things that we get told, right, like growing up and things that I'm like, what were we thinking? Uh, but that's one, it's a small thing and it doesn't seem like much, but it goes a long way when it we're really trying to does. move and you're starting to add like plyometric training, things like that. So like if you can take one thing away from me today as far as the squat is think about your foot like a tripod every time, like your big toe, your pinky and your heel are consistently grounded um, and you're moving through the squat squat mechanics yeah just squat mechanics Mm -hmm. um and and, you know to kind of echo off of that that's big time because wait just i i've heard that i've heard that make sure you can there's there's you're you're able to move your toes now i will say that at the beginning of learning how to squat Mm -hmm. mate now see because then then you have carryover too right yeah it does so yeah never mind uh but what i was going to say is with the big toe and pinky grabbing onto the earth right Mm -hmm. one thing that i've learned is treating your feet like hands and trying to open up jars to engage your glutes a little yeah, bit more. Exactly. Does that make sense? And for those of us that have heard that cue, for me, it was groundbreaking. Um, literally, no, I'm kidding. I would dig my feet into the ground, have that tripod type of weight distribution, meaning through the big toe, pinky, and heel. And then I would act as though my feet were on top of jars and twisting outward. Is that mm-hmm. correct, right? If, I, if, you, if you both feet are there, you want to twist out and you're going to feel those glutes turn on a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the squat mechanics, you want to make sure that all the muscle, all the muscles are firing appro- or correctly. Mm-hmm. And that is one way to do it. That was one really good cue for me that's carried over in my squat period. Mm-hmm. I feel that my knees track out appropriately. I feel like my way, I'm grabbing onto the earth the way I need to. And I'm, you know, moving through the squat in a pretty pretty good range i feel like it's yeah. it's, it's gotten better something else that something else that i just remembered was um you know squatting and the feet should always be even like and pointing forward mm-hmm. right so that's a big cue that oh i remember gosh, like oh yeah. your feet pointing forward and then like they were always hip width apart uh-huh. when in reality now we know we all to have different hips uh you know we all have like a deeper socket mm-hmm. or a deeper joint or and a that's just joint. a given and that's, that's just, just a given yeah and you can have one hip different than another so like naturally if one leg turns out more than the other and you're able to get into a squat position that's probably like the way your body's meant to move right and you don't fight it like if you're consistently fighting a position that feels natural to you but it's hurting you then maybe go back to that natural position that you're naturally going to fall into right um don't think about it too much i Mm. think we think about the squat too much like oh my feet should be even my feet should be pointed evenly one way or the other Mm -hmm. but i've had athletes in here high level athletes that literally one foot will be pointing forward and the other one to the side and they can you know put 300 pounds overhead right and it's just a matter of but then they were fighting that position but that's what their normal i call it like a hip pocket Mm. and like if you have that normal hip pocket like that's that's where the positioning of your feet should be and don't fight it so 
I, that I agree with. I don't. I, what I agree with is that we all have different anatomy, and mm. so we're gonna f- squat differently. Yeah. It's gonna look similar, but not the same. Yeah. What I feel that you know, playing devil's advocate is for those of us that have been, you know, your higher level athletes that move, you know, I would say pretty darn yeah. well. What would you say to their mobility? Is, is their mobility where it should be? Mm-hmm. Like you know, I feel that don't fight the 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 mechanics that your body wants to go into but what if it's not the best what if you do need to work on mobility where do you start saying okay we need to start looking at that i mean so if you if they literally have a mobility issue Mm -hmm. which the people that i was referring to really don't like okay you address their mobility you address their strength deficits and they're naturally in that position and it's more of like a joint issue i got you more of like the bones so you take the time to look obviously you take the time to look at that no what do you say ever ever what do you say to those that have mobility issues how much time do you say hey you need to be working on this in order for your squat to start normalizing um i mean i do tell them they probably have to do something every time they train right Right. Yeah. so it's not like i'm gonna just have like one intense stretch session mm-hmm. once a week and right. then like hope my mobility gets better i think it's like you know little by little every time right do you wait like i and i'm asking this because i genuinely run into an issue and one of the sm- it's it's we're going to sidetrack really quick for example the ballerinas i work with mm-hmm. they have it's very common that they have a dominant leg or they have a leg yeah. where they have more flexibility and their other one isn't and so we'll yeah. dedicate time to it but where do you say okay we did it for a month you did it five days a week you dedicated 10 minutes every day for that entire month and we're still here at that point and then we'll sprinkle in some needling to fatigue you know mm-hmm. whatever do you go beyond that in terms of trying to correct their mobility um yeah so i mean it depends right like if you give someone structure like this is what you do Mm -hmm. every time yeah but it's kind of like expecting different results with but you're doing the same thing like if you already go a couple weeks and it's not making a difference because there should be a little bit then you need to change the actual exercise uh because different people are going to respond to different stimulus Mm -hmm. right whether it be mobility or strengthening or anything like that um like someone's not going to respond well to a, a single leg rdl where someone will be responding very well for glute endurance right, right. um so it just depends i think everybody's different at, at a different timeline and some people will take longer to respond especially like let's say ballerinas right like they dance for so much so long and mm. so many hours a day so many hours a week Word. that the long i mean they're dedicating way more to certain positions of their joints and mm-hmm. they are dedicating to that movement or that mobility exercise that we're prescribing. Mm-hmm. So it might take just as long to get that mobility that you want to. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. And mm-hmm. I think it's, there's some great area and you're hundred percent correct. Yeah. I, I just, you know, going back to the squat when mobility is an issue, depending on the person, you know, I do think it's a safe mm-hmm. statement to say if around two weeks, we're not seeing even a small change. Mm-hmm then we need to change up, you know, either you that you guys that are listening, if you're working on mobility and you haven't seen anything, if you dedicate adequate amount of time to it, mm-hmm. right? And I'm saying you need to, for mobility to actually stick, you need to be there for roughly 10 minutes a day mm-hmm. or five minutes at minimum every day for two weeks. And if you don't see a change in that, then we, you know, we're, you need to change something. Yeah. I've also seen a good response. Like if someone seems like they have a mobility lack mm-hmm. where we do what we call like a muscle energy technique, yeah. which I'm sure you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you get muscles to contract in a certain plane where their movement is lacking and then you have better carryover. And then at that point, then you prescribe the mobility stuff. How do you do it? I mean, with muscle energy technique, I mean, I guess they could do it. They go to the lengthened position, contract the muscle mm-hmm. there. It 
I feel like obviously with different athletes, it's going to be a different range. And if we go back to the ballerina example, their leg is, you know, by their head. head. Yeah. And so having there, that that's when you're going to need a partner, but nonetheless, muscle energy technique is a good approach. That's something I do wholeheartedly with primarily the higher level athletes. When we just have someone who's barely getting into the swing of things, I implement it, but you don't see as much benefit because their range is already limited period. Mm. So there's a lot of different ways, kind of going back to the point, when you're dealing with the squat, there's a lot of things that we look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for me, ground up and, and, you know, Edwin, I would say the same thing. But it's one of those things that from a general standpoint, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're seeing those knees get really close to each other, yeah. stop. Yeah. For the love of Pete, don't go any further. Also, too, right, like having your knees closer together, having your knees closer together and then like you're not you have limited depth then that's a big sign of like hey get a little wider turn mm-hmm. your feet out mm-hmm. you know and like and then they'll naturally drop even more so good point mm-hmm. so make sure you guys are taking the time to look at your squat if you think you're doing it wrong or if something feels funny when you squat mm-hmm. i encourage you guys to reach out yeah think about your squat see what it looks like look in the mirror tell someone to look at your squat squat to your drop whatever <laughs> squat at the club just keep squatting just keep squatting <laughs> sit in the toilet squat. Your squat. yep all right, All right, guys. Take it easy. Have, Have a, good, a one. good one. Remember, this is Positive Reaction Podcast. This is Dr. D. And Dr. Serrano, where, where you, you come, come first. first.